you have tensions or dramas to, to, to bring, please feel free. Uh, if you want to explore beyond tensions and dramas, please feel equally free. I'm Stephen. Stephen. Yes, and I, I want to say thank you so much. Um, I, um, last night I was aware of how much friction results from judgments that I engage in. And I, w I actually really appreciated your having categorized just before uh, a bunch of our behaviors as a way of reassuring ourselves. I thought, well, that is what I'm doing in this kind of skewed way. I'm, I'm reassuring my sense of self. So this morning, coming out of my apartment, I immediately formed a judgment. And I thought, oh, I have to, you know, direct loving kindness towards this person. I have to direct loving kindness towards myself. And I thought it suddenly became a self-improvement project. I thought, mm -hmm. well, that's good, but it doesn't feel satisfying and I thought what I'm going to do now is just acknowledge judgment and not expect anything else from myself not not to feel I have to do anything with it because from hearing you talk I have this innate sense that just by acknowledging it and keep acknowledging it may begin to lead to some shift so I just want to thank you for this weekend it really was very powerful and I appreciate my own awakeness to realize where I'm creating my own pain. So, mm. thank you. Yeah, beautiful, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's the simplicity, right? The simplicity of not creating extra drama around the judgment. Judgment arises, it just does, right? The worst isn't the judgment, it's the judgment about the judgment that comes right afterwards. Oh, I shouldn't be such judgmental. And I'm just, oh, God, and judgment. Just knowing it, not making anything, didn't do any harm to the person in front of you, just a judgment arose. Actually, not only did the judgment arose, but something about the connection with the person was clear enough that you were able to recognize that, oh, that's just a judgment, it's not the truth. Right? You're actually being respectful to the person in that moment by seeing that your judgment isn't the truth about them. You can't stop judgments arising. Right? You've got a lifetime of conditioning. Right? But, but, that, but in the, not just acknowledging it rather than having to do something extra and complicated with it. Beautiful. Yeah. Guillaume. I had a question um, regarding what I've, I was experiencing uh, during some of the sits this weekend and some of the some of those past month. I would say maybe like four months or so. I, mi I missed the last bit. Say again. Um, during those past four months uh -huh. or so, um, just having a practice that uh, so during meditation sits basically experiencing a lot more agitation than usual, which I find explanations for in my life for engaging in more things than usual. 
Um, but where it leads me to is just, um, like I, I feel a certain, um, even though I get to a place where it kind of settles, moment, so, some mm -hmm. moments, mm -hmm. um, it feels like there's kind of like a threshold, like it's, it doesn't really expand much more than just getting to a somewhat quieter place, quieter place. Uh, which I'm appreciative of, and I, I realized today actually more than in those past four months. I was just like, oh, okay, well, that's that's still something. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if I'm caught in comparing that with other times in my practice where it, I was able to access more expensive. You're, you're not sure whether you're comparing <laughs> with other times in your practice. <laughs> Definitely comparing it. <laughs> um, well, I guess another thing that I realized to, uh, during this weekend was that there is a, what, what was coming with the, the realization that, okay, this is what I have, is a certain dullness or a certain sense. And, and where it's leading is that it's, it, it feels harder to just stay engaged in the practice. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah totally makes I mean, to make sense, what you're saying makes sense, but also the situation makes sense, right? It's, um, it's just very common, classic part of what happens, right? The most exciting and interesting part of practice is the beginning, right? Well, oh, we discover, you know, it's different for different people, but often the most, the most interesting experiences, the most sense of expansion, the most touching into new kinds of peace or something, it's at the beginning because we've never known that stuff before, right? It's like, so it's, there's more wow. You know Jack's title of the book, After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. Right, you didn't know that, so that's a book for you. After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. Right. So, and then of course, that, you know, you, like you recognize the tendency to compare back, and then the comparing engenders a certain kind of doubt, as if... We expect our practice should just be going better, 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 until one day, best. Right? And then, enlightened retirement. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere like that, actually. Practice is just here, to here, to here, to here, to here. And here is changing all the time. So here is, and here is responsive to circumstances. So here, on retreat, here, is different from here in Manhattan. Here when I'm tired is different than here when I've got a lot of energy. Right? Here when, I've got, when I'm healthy is different than here when I've got the flu. Here at the beginning of practice is different than here in, a, in those moments where we feel like our practice is stuck or plateaued or just more of the same or agitated. You know? So from speaking to you a little bit yesterday, it sounds like you have an agitating rhythm of life at the moment, right? So the fact that that agitation would show up in meditation doesn't sound at all surprising. And like we were just saying, it's just a, the agitation isn't a problem, right? It may go with the circumstances. And there's a lot of goodness in the fact that when you settle it, you're give, giving it space and it, it softens a little bit. So I would encourage you to have a lot of, to really um, stay with the, that fact that you're cultivating something beautiful and important. You're cultivating the willingness to sit with agitation day after day after day after day. You know? 
and that willingness and capacity to recognize it, not freak out about it, hang out with it, will have, you know, has great fruits. It's a really important capacity you're, you're cultivating. You don't see the capacity, the fruits of it in the moment, right? That's what the, we want. To, come on, I'm being with it. Enough already, right? Why doesn't it go away? Oh, peace. And yeah. So I've got nothing useful to add other than carry on. Yeah. Or like they say on the mugs in England, you know, keep calm and carry on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's true that if you, if you feel kind of discouraged or confused by it, then it's, it's helpful, right? You, a couple of days like this of a bit more intensive practice of being a bit more removed from the agitating activities that are just part of your life right now, a bit chance to kind of touch in a bit deeper. But in terms of daily practice, don't worry about depth at all, at all. It won't be a very common feature of daily practice, right, most of the time. And don't worry about depth, certainly don't worry about depth compared to other times or other situations, right. The, the sincerity of the fact that you come and you sit with whatever's there, and that's often agitation at the moment, the sincerity of doing that has, has a great potency to it. It's much more important than how deep or how still or how peaceful or how expansive your mind might be on any given day. And I would just say, I'm, I'm deeply thankful still to the practice because I wouldn't be able to engage in so much agitation right. <laughs> today in my life if I hadn't developed some kind of you know, resilience or some certain qualities that come from practice. So I'm thankful to that. It's just sometimes the, the link between, oh, it's so great, I can do all these things in my life, and then I got to stay for 20 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that you might need to take care with, right? If you're using your practice to stress yourself out more because you're more resilient now, so you can have a more... Uh, Un- unskillfully intense life. Right? Sometimes it's like that. Right? So, you know, that's, that's, a re- that's a reflection for you, but just to see. On the one hand, like you're saying, well, the goodness of the fact that I can actually, when there's intensity there, I can manage it in a way I never could have done before. I would have got ill, I would have gotten stressed, I would have gotten overwhelmed, etc. And now when there's intensity, I, I know and can trust a certain resilience that I have to meet it. That's one thing. The other thing is, am I kind of using up the capacity of this to just kind of either prove to myself that I can, oh, look how much intensity I can handle, right? Or to actively kind of seek out greater intensity to, to kind of reinforce my, my sense of my practice. I definitely went through a, a kind of quite intense and weird period of that for a little while. And I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> it. It doesn't feel that much like that. It, it, it felt like it was more of like a gradual, like, okay, I can add a little bit more load because... But it didn't feel like too much of a... Right. You can, but do you need to? That's the question. I can, but is it uh, wise or skillful? I can handle more and more and more, but... Is it really, do I want, really, do I really want to handle more and more and more, right? Because more and more and more 
will be agitating. Right? And that's partly you're seeing that now. Right? So there's, there's goodness to hanging out with agitation. There's a lot of goodness to recognizing you can handle more and more. And then there's, well, what, given that I can handle more, but also that I've grown to love something about simplicity and something about peace and something about uh, kind of an intimacy with experience, do I want to handle more and more and more? Is that the best use of my resources and, uh, and energy? So that's to see. Okay. Okay. Um, thinking about being around people who are narcissistic and consumed with themselves and drama, like a parent, um, I find it's just so hard to be around them. Like, I try to do it in little bits because it's so hard. Eventually, I get reactive and just pissed. So just, like, I'm trying to apply what you're saying. You know, how I, I do see the suffering. It must be so uncomfortable for my father to be so neurotic and, you know, when you said, is there anything besides the drop? I don't, anyway, I'm not going to take his mm -hmm. inventory, but, um, you know, is that okay to sort of, I'd like to be able to handle it and stay more, but sort of my self-protective is like a little bit, so I'm like, go yeah. with, you know, but ultimately, well, Are ultimately, you ultimately, <laughs> you'd be <laughs> infinitely <laughs> capacitous to just hang out and dad would do dad thing yeah. and you would just be like, mm, yeah. yes, dad. Mm. But, you know, let's not go ultimate. Let's go immediate. But like, yeah, grow, I mean, yeah. it's different than when I was like, you know, 21. You know, like it is shifting, which feels good. Yeah, but slowly. Maybe. But just being around, you know, you're saying for ourselves. Yeah. Well, parents occupy a very special category, right, <laughs> to anybody else, right? And really, because, they're the, you know, you've been impacted by them more than anybody else in life, more consistently, more long-term, more intensely, right? So I would say, you know, being as sincere as you can for sh many short moments is absolutely a wise approach. Much better to, so that a short moment where you can show up and you can be sincere and you can be loving and you can be interested and you can be non-reactive and then, wonderful, I'm sure your dad, you know, parents generally, you know, long and love to have contact with their adult children, right? Because they've moved away and they miss them and they're, oh, and there's Nicole, oh, and she's lovely and she's, she listens to me and she stays interested. But if you stay around too long, and you get into conflict and you get pissed and you start put it pushing back, then you know, you're creating a, a more difficult and painful um, interaction for both of you. Right? So being, showing up as sincerely in you, as you can and withdrawing before things go wrong, that sounds very helpful. And, and it also, in terms of the ultimately how that can open up a bit more, you know, often we've got, the, the, we've got the, the background with family of the scratchy stuff that's gone on between us, right? And 
because we're both aware of the scratchiness and we're a bit wary and we're braced and we're waiting for the scratchiness, that actually makes it more likely to come out because we're sort of like hypervigilant around it. So if you actually are able to just do these short moments where you, there's no scratchiness and your dad starts to kind of feel that there's no scratchiness. It doesn't really, it might not change all his patterning, but it might make him actually, and this, I really see this happen a lot, it make him, oh, it's like he gets less wary of you. He's, he's less wary of being criticized or of you getting upset or something, and so he starts to relax. And then the more he relaxes around that, the more you'll find you might be able to be with him for longer. And it, it, it's kind of a bit mysterious. I mean, that's sort of the mechanism of how it works. When the other trusts us a bit more, they relax around us a bit more. And that helps change the dynamic. But it really seems to me that sometimes the, the, the shift that happens in us in terms of our relationship with someone else, parent, for example, it's like they actually change as a result of the shift in our relationship to them. And, I, and my sense is that how that happens is that because we're not, we're not on edge with them or provocative or waiting for or braced against something in them, unconsciously probably, but sees or feels that and, and they relax a bit more. Yeah. I mean, the balance between many of the things you've said, like the, the care, I don't know what you're saying, you know, like it's like loving to be able to be present to someone's suffering. You know, the balance between that giving and self-care. Very yeah. fine line with yeah. some people. And that's why short <laughs> moments. Yeah. You know, you give yeah. while you can and then, oh, then you draw uh, yeah, into yeah. self-care. Yeah. I just so appreciate these teachings. Mm -hmm. I feel like my heart is... I had a little cry in the park and then talked to some tourists from Alberta, <laughs> Canada, which was nice. But it's just very... I just realized how many protections I unconsciously and constantly mm -hmm. putting up. And mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. hearing these teachings or the way you put them gives me a little permission to just like that tender, just like how I would treat a child that I teach, which I do not treat myself. Right. So, yeah, it just it's very, it's very beautiful somehow the way that you word things or the way I'm able to take them in. So... Nice. Yeah. Um, so you were telling this story about the bank, <laughs> uh, which I'd heard before because Martin was staying with us. And um, <laughs> so I thought, you know, I, I'm going to do the promotion for Martin because he won't do it himself. Uh, this retreat center in France is really amazing, and the plans are really amazing, which is already underway. So they, they're launching this uh, campaign tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think it's tomorrow or Tuesday, right. actually. So uh, and, and you'll see it here first. So yes, we, we, you know, because the bank said no, we decided to launch a crowdfunding campaign. So this is the two-minute or maybe three-minute video that we've made, which will go on the website, I think, tomorrow or the next day, which John suggested we show you. Uh, so one second. Boot up the video. So that you'll be less agitated. Well, <laughs> if it, let's see if it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Second. Yeah, you know the big slab that you saw in the summer yeah. when you were there. Yeah. No, that would that would still be the main meditation hall. Sometimes for bigger retreats, we do this one. Also, we give HDMI two movement practice, or which it's sort of to replace the yurt as much as anything else. But it also gives us bathroom blocks and new bedroom blocks, and it's just it's good. Yeah. Ah, voila. Where'd it go? There it is. Sorry. Go. Sound sounds a bit terrible. Martin Aylward, and this is Moulin de Chave, our meditation center in France. Where's the volume thing on this, Martin? We're building an amazing new Dharma Hall, and we need your help. For 13 years now, we've been offering the best environment we can for all those who come... I'm Martin Aylward, and this is Moulin de Chave, our meditation center in France. We're building an amazing new Dharma Hall, and we need your help. For 13 years now, we've been offering the best environment we can for all those who come here to meditate. More and more people are discovering Dharma practice, mindfulness, and meditation. And the Moulin has become the main insight meditation center in all of France. To best support the growing number of people who come here to meditate, we really need a new hall that can be used all through the year, is large enough to include yoga and movement practices, and is wheelchair accessible. The hall will be built ecologically, with locally grown oak, walls of hemp and lime, an incredible vaulted oak ceiling, and a glass south wall. We began work in spring 2018, without enough money to complete the project. But knowing that the only way to finish would first be to begin. So how can you help us make this project a reality? Those of us who live here have put in as much as we can to build the foundations and the stunning oak structure. 30,000 euros is critical now to insulate and tile the roof in time for winter. With another 30,000, we can complete the walls, windows and doors. Then the building will be properly closed for the winter and we can work inside to make the main hall ready by spring 2019. 20,000 more will give us heating, lighting 
and a much-needed additional bathroom block. And with a further 10,000, we can construct four new retreat rooms, including disabled access and bathroom. And we would love to put solar panels on the roof, which will cost an additional 20,000 euros. When you come here on retreat, we support you the best we can. And now here's your opportunity to support this great project. Dharma practice is based on generosity. By donating, you'll support all those who come on retreat here and contribute to the development of meditation and compassion and wisdom in the world. Everybody can help. You could sponsor just a single roof tile, pay for a meditation cushion, or make a major financial contribution. And we've put together all kinds of rewards for your generosity, which you can see on the fundraising page. What a beautiful thing to build this new Dharma Hall together. That's the that's the just the main Mulan uh, website, and if you're interested in the campaign or you want to know more, let me know, and I can put you on the mailing list thing. And I, I think the campaign launches on Tuesday, so that's when we'll you know it's like a it's actually a French platform, but it's the equivalent of uh, whatever GoFundMe or Indiegogo or Crowdfunder. Ten thousand eight dollars gets you a lifetime. Retreats, right? Yeah, exactly. So thanks, John, for your encouragement and support and uh, showing. And, it's, and aside from the crowdfunding campaign, um, it's a very beautiful place to sit a retreat. Nicole's been a couple of times, and uh, Judith's been, and uh, Guillaume's been soda. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like I said yesterday, you know, I, I really appreciate being here. I in, in, enjoy being here, but I also appreciate, you know, the sincerity of you all practicing here and the Sangha. So, um, thank you for coming. And also, just want to point out, you know, New York Insight also needs support in various different ways. I think it's often just because of Manhattan rents and things, it's often a bit, you know, financially uh, delicate here. And you may know more about that than, than I do, being part of the Sangha here. But just a reminder of, oh, like, New York Insight isn't really a thing. It's you, really. I mean, you and everybody else that, uh, that comes and practices here. And so just to consider what ways it's the, the great support for one's own practice actually by contributing to the kind of the body of the sangha and the service of others and it's also very nourishing of course to to just to to be part of the field in a in a fuller way so maybe there are skills you have maybe there's time you'd like to offer maybe you can uh, you know as a support for your own practice and a support for all those who come here can um, be involved in different ways 
And in the light of that, just to thank those of, who've done that this time, Michael and David and Amit, who've uh, helped out in all kinds of ways. And before you applaud, <laughs> Peace, who's really held the whole weekend. And John, who's kindly hosted me, and it's been a delight to stay uh, the weekend with him and uh, Savannah, Opaidi. All right, so be well, friends. I hope to see you again. Thank you very much. Oh yes, I'll be back in early March for and another weekend here on some similar but different theme. So maybe see you then. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.